Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Abigail Rebecca, who is the visibility goddess. So she is a visibility and human design business stylist and also the founder of Illuminated Leaders. So Abby, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm really good. Thank you, Drasco. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And, uh, you know, for those of you that are listening versus like watching this on YouTube, it was like very apparent as soon as you came on, it's like, okay, the visibility goddess, like you're just... <laughs> bright and shining like the you know that the background fits the outfit fits like everything just just fits so that was like the the first impression is very much like walking the talks so i just wanted to uh commend you for that and uh with that i'd also love to know you know how did you get to doing what you're doing and how did you become the the visibility goddess yeah i'd love to share so um i left corporate about eight years ago i was completely burnt out very disillusioned with working in corporate. And um, I set up my online business and really started to learn all the tools, I guess, that everybody does, you know, in terms of the strategy and the how-to with my business. But I was finding it really, really difficult to attract, I guess, the right clients, like sole clients and business opportunities. Um, And... It was really, really frustrating. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I had a lot of um, fears of rejection that were actually coming up. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. I left that when I was 16. We used to get our doors shut in our faces quite a lot. We used to get a lot of abuse shouted at us quite a lot. So there was a real fear of rejection that was really coming up within my business. Um, So instead of sort of looking at what was causing that I just started to work harder and harder and harder and just burnt myself out the same way that I did in corporate um had a really bad heart condition um and it was only really when I discovered human design that I realized that I'm not designed to hustle I'm not designed to work that hard um I'm designed to guide and I'm designed to rest um, so it was like I was chasing like this version of myself that was all about hustling hard and working hard. And actually, it was just the opposite that really sort of fed my soul. And it was really interesting that it was just, you know, I, obviously, we're going to talk about this later, like all the, I guess, like the blocks and the internal beliefs and the worries and the fears that stop stop us really from stepping into our true greatness. And I truly believe that our businesses are like the best personal development program that we could ever invest in because it just brings it all up and it continues to bring it up. Like I've got to a place now 
where I've been able to grow my business. You know, I'm happy. I feel happy. I feel fulfilled. There are obviously still blocks that are stopping me from getting to the next level, um, which is why I, you know, I, I'm so happy to have the opportunity to, you know, for you to take a look at that. Um, but I do feel like as soon as I started to look at me internally, so learning how to be instead of learning the how to, it really made a significant impact within my business. So I was like, right, that's it. I'm going to teach it. So before that, I was teaching visibility. I'm a trained to be a personal stylist. I used to be a presentation coach. I used to teach people how to speak on camera, how to speak on stages. I've been public speaking since I was three. I'm very, very comfortable at doing that. But now I combine it all together. So I help entrepreneurial women globally, to be more visible online and in person. Um, but really the foundation of all of that is really starting with human design. I don't know if you're aware of it, but it's just this super illuminating system which really teaches us how our energy is received um, by other people and how we receive others. So it's really, really great at helping you build relationships and helping you really sort of love yourself, I guess. Love it. Um, there's, there's so much there to unpack, uh, or even just like go deeper into just from like that, yeah. that short little, uh, intro, but there's so much that I love around it. And I'm just going to, I'll reflect back one thing, um, which is when you said like, okay, like business is like the best, like personal development thing, you know, that you could possibly do. And I say that all the time, like I like yeah. kids relationship and uh, business, like th those are, that's the, the, the triumvirate as far as like, if you want to do personal development seriously, you know, get into a relationship, have kids and, or uh, start a business. Uh, so 110% couldn't agree more. So what I'd love to then dive into is, you know, just from that short, short share, like you have this arc where you've done a lot of the inner work, right? Nobody speaks about it that way without like realizing, okay, I was doing a lot of like the doing so I could have the thing and hopefully I could be fulfilled, happy, whatever. And then you flip that around, right? Like I, I am more in tune with who I am because of human design. I align with how I'm actually fundamentally designed on a soul level. Then I do the thing and now I have a lot more of the stuff, right? Like that's kind of the arc that, that I picked up. So I'd love to then dive into, you know, what what else is remaining? Because you talk about that. There's a lot of stuff that I did. I still feel like there's some blocks. So what else um, do you identify with an already high level of self-awareness? Mm. I think definitely for me, it's the consistency. The, there seems to be like this feast and famine within not just my business, but my life. My business is reflecting that, right? Um. But what happens with me is um, there'll be like big moments and big waves of income, abundance, clients, whatever, like manifestations, right? So things showing up in my life to bring me fulfillment, to bring me prosperity. And then it's crickets. And then I get another big piece of abundance and it's crickets. Um and so it seems to be like this um, cycle of feast and famine. And I actually, you know, just to be really open and honest, I, I actually notice it as well in my eating, like with my health, with my diet. 
it shows up there as well. There's like feast and family. So it's like, um, I'll be really, really good. Then I'll like have uh, cheat days. Then I'll be really good. Then I'll have cheat days. Um, where else is it showing up? It's showing up like, I think also like in communities. So there'll be like times where I'm super social and like, I run my own community. So I feel like I get, a, I get like, um, a beautiful energy from that but me actually going into other people's communities and me socializing with others I'll it, again it'll be feast and famine so it'll be I'll like be super super social and then I'll withdraw and I'll be super social and I'll withdraw now some of that is actually to do with my human design and I realized that I noticed that about myself but it still seems to be this cycle of of feast and famine and I think what I've noticed about myself is I'm addicted to the crisis like I'm addicted to the I don't think it's the high that I'm addicted to I think it's the low I think it's the oh my gosh like the money's gonna run out I'm never gonna have any clients again like you know it's almost like I'm addicted to rescuing myself if that makes sense um, and when I look back over my life and my career, there's been quite a lot of that. Like I've gravitated to, before I started my business, I gravitated to jobs where I did that. Like I used to manage crisis and travel industry in the travel industry. Um, I used to go in and shed, like I was, I was um, employed to go in and shut things down, like shut departments down or shut teams down. So it's like, it's like I've managed like this crisis and it's almost like I kind of miss, I don't know if it's like the, the addiction or the adrenaline to that. It's like, I miss it. And I seem to re be recreating it in my business and I just can't get out of this. <laughs> I just can't get out of it. And I'm laughing, but actually it's really, upsetting because it makes me feel unsafe so I feel like I can't trust my business I can't trust myself I don't trust many so it's just this whole relationship I think with myself with my masculine with like seeing myself as the provider I want to be able to wake up every day and be and really trust and I feel like I don't have enough trust um at the moment so this always happens when I'm going up to the next level so it's like this it's happening now it's been it it's when I found out about you and um you approached me it was happening then it's still happening and I know I'm ready for the next sleep I just want to make it less painful got it okay so first and foremost I, I just wanted to acknowledge the depth of self-awareness like i said i kind of picked up on it initially but like you've clearly spent some time diving into this on your own right because you're painting the picture very well you know the patterns very well you see how they ripple out into different areas of your life the social the eating right and i don't know if you know but my history is like i owned a brick and mortar weight loss center for 10 years, right? So I saw that play out in the food and then it always translates to the family. It always translates to the work. Um, so you picked it up in the business, but you're seeing it elsewhere. So I just wanted to commend you for 
the level of depth in awareness uh, that you do have. Um, I'm assuming it's a big factor and also what makes you good at what you do, right? Like to be able to read somebody's chart and then you're picking up on all the different pieces and seeing the pattern. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So that's number one. Um, number two, and this might be a bit of a weird question. Why is this a problem for you? Um, the, I think the reason that it's a problem for me is that, um, it doesn't make me feel safe and I recognize that there will always be a level of inconsistency as an entrepreneur it's the life the business that I've chosen um but it's like it it I worry it makes me worry um and about what specifically I think about the just like the fear of losing everything. Um, the fear of um, losing my business, the fear of, you know, losing my, in, like my lifestyle, my home. I can't, I, I, I'm very good at getting into the worry cycle where I start to fantasize about everything that can go wrong. I tend to go there and I have to check myself and bring myself back so I can start to fantasize about all the good things. But I feel like very often I can get really stuck in the, in the worry cycle. And, you know, it's, it, it when I get stuck, when I get stuck there, it does impact my health. It impacts my wealth because I know that to some extent I'm, you know I'm vibrating at that le at that frequency so it's kind of that that the very thought of it is keeping me stuck um and it's it's impacting my happiness you know I, I live a really lovely life I'm so fortunate I'm so grateful for everything that I have um but I think I just I just worry that it's all gonna like go wrong you know it's too good to be true it's all gonna go wrong and I, I definitely feel that I do on some level, I self-sabotage. I think on an unconscious level, I definitely self-sabotage. Yeah, I would 100% um, agree because it's like your reality doesn't reflect the, the, the mentality. You know what I mean? Like the things on the outside are good. I always get out of like it's, it's been repeating for a while. Like I've always been okay. Yet inside, despite the, the evidence... It's all about the crumble. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So another seemingly weird question, but what benefit do you get out of these patterns? I've thought about that a lot. Um, and I know that I get a lot of benefit from it, but I I can't really pinpoint it massively. Um, I think that... I definitely worry about burning out and working too hard. I think there's definitely a, a worry that um, as I build out my business, I've got an incredible team that supports me. I've got an incredible network, but I feel like it's going to be more work, more responsibility. I used to manage really big teams 
um, and big projects and big, big budgets when I worked in corporate. And one of the reasons that I left corporate is that I didn't want to have to deal with that. So I can't like separate, like taking my business to seven figures, I immediately think of my corporate life. So I think it's like protecting me from what I think will be burnout and having to manage people again. And it's not really what I want. Um, I also feel like there's an element of, I still hold back from really going there and pushing myself out of my comfort zone and taking big leaps of faith because I still feel like there's a worry of it's not necessarily a worry of failure but not looking good that's really interesting actually because I thought I'd overcome that okay it's still there so um I remember doing like a personal development seminar and one of the big standout phrases from it was um the referral was to like playing small it was like in reference to playing small and it was like he said it's like playing tennis with an eight-year-old you're always going to win so I do feel like most days I'm playing tennis with an eight-year-old if that makes sense so I'm not like really going there I'm not really pushing myself out my comfort zone and really doing the scary things because but I think there's definitely still an element of me that I want to look good. I want to be in control. Like I want to feel like I'm in control. Right. Because if you stay small, then it's controllable. Like an eight-year-old is pretty controllable. Yeah. I'll always win. If I play tennis with an eight-year-old, I'll always win and I'll always look good. Correct. Because when things got really big, like I had to manage a big team, I had a lot of responsibility. You know, you can make the argument I was working against my natural soul inclinations with regards to how I operate all of that is associated with bigness right yeah. so if I keep small not only will I always win right because I think that the part that you're winning is the beautiful articulated arguments as to your victimhood and I say I don't say that judgingly I say that the victimhood of allowing myself to play small because I still have PTSD over the responsibility over taking big leaps of faith, over working more, over what it's going to require of who I believe I have to be to step into the leader that can create a seven-figure business, right? There's a lot of baggage from the past that very much coincides with you maintaining control over that eight-year-old who wants to play victim there. So just before I go on, how does that land? Yeah, it really resonates. Um, about um, 10 years ago, I developed quite a bad fear of flying. It didn't stop me going on a plane because I love to travel. Um, but I was getting really nervous, like really, again, the, the mind was going to doom. Yeah, so I was letting my imagination get carried away with me. And I realized on some level I felt that it was attached to the fact that I wasn't in control, like I wasn't flying the plane. Mm. And I had no control. So go ahead, yeah, by all means finish. 
Yeah. So I had no control. I wasn't flying the plane. And I actually used to, back when I was in corporate, I actually used to manage, I used to manage cabin crew. I used to manage airlines. I used to manage crisis in airlines. I used to fly. So I wasn't actually crew, but I used to go and put on a uniform and fly with them. And I was never scared of flying then because I was at the front. I was going into the cockpit. I was speaking to the pilots. Like I was in the I was in, I felt like I was in control. I wasn't physically flying the plane, but I was there. And now I'm like, I'm a passenger. I can't do anything. And I do feel like there's definitely an element of control that I bring from my childhood. I was so controlled when I, it's like, it's like being in a cult. So I was very controlled. I was told what to do. I was told what I could wear. My father chose all of my school subjects for me. I wasn't allowed to choose. I was raised to be a wife and um, a mother. And I wasn't ever um, encouraged to be academic or to follow what I wanted to do. So I felt very, very controlled. And it's like I broke out of that and went and traveled the world. But I was like, no one's ever going to control me again. I'm going to be in control. And I can't like it find it very, very difficult to release that because it's such a protection mechanism. And if you look at everything that you've shared today, mm. to me, from the outside looking in, right, that's the through line for everything. Why do I gravitate towards crises? Because it is in crises that I get to have the most control. Everybody's looking at me. I get to put my hands everywhere. My opinion is everywhere. I get to control all the data stream of what's coming in and out, right? Because you say yourself, it's not the highs that I'm afraid of. It's it's I thrive in the lows. So I keep creating the lows because in the lows, I control the most. And if I go too high, it's going to get big to the point where I have to delegate and I cannot control everything, right? Which to somebody who is not only like has the wounding of the rebel, because everything was controlled. So I'll screw you. Like you're never going to control me again. I'm going to be the one in control. Like that is death to a very, very critical, wounded and constantly present part of you. And then when you look at your worry patterns, they're along the same lines, right? Everything's going well, but as long as I keep my eye on every little piece that could possibly go wrong, I'm going to control it. That's my sense of safety right? Of course, that's going to be the self-sabotage. And then of course, if the next step of your evolution is I got to go bigger because there's more people to serve and there's more things that I want to create, but I am capped at the capacity where I cannot actually physically control and I'm not going to have to let that go, right? And you bring that into food, right? What's your pattern with food? Off and on. I'm either very controlling and restrictive or I go all in and just say, screw it. I'd like, I need all the ice cream. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. do you, you see how the through line is control and it's absolutely exhausting. Yeah, it is. You ju- it's that's spot on. And also it's almost like, I feel like my ego is in play as well. Like the, it's not, it's like, it is a hundred percent the control, but it's also like, if I'm the rescuer, I look good. Even if I'm rescuing myself, it's like, oh, look, look, what I, you know, it's almost like, it's like right. definitely like looking good, being in control. Yeah, spot on. And spot if you're on. like, I don't know if you're familiar with the drama triangle, right? But the rescuer always needs either a victim to rescue, which in mm-hmm. this instance, you make your own victim, right? Like you said, yeah. with the eight-year-old, et cetera, or yeah. a perpetrator, 
in this instance, if I allow my business to crash where there's nothing coming in, oh, there's the perpetrator I got to fight against. I got to rescue against that situation, right? So you're creating your own drama triangle within the actual business. So what lands there? You're so right. Yeah. So you're very well aware, as I've said before, about all of this intellectually. Are you open to diving into this on a different, like more somatic or emotional level? Yeah, go for it. Okay, perfect. So we're not going to go like just very deep here, whatever. I just want to kind of get, because there's a lot of stuff that makes sense up here. And like, I don't think anything I've told you is like revolutionary news. So that's why I want to switch uh, and look at this differently. So I was going to allow you to, to to do your thing as far as like just deep breath in. Why don't you just close your eyes, like really ground yourself to your own comfort level. And I want you to do that just using five breaths. So just go through your own process, trust yourself to ground. Um, so I'll allow you to do that and it'll give you some additional prompts as you go through that. So sorry, I just need to pick up my dog. Yeah. And he can settle and then we're good to go. Okay. Perfect. It's a team effort. So I, I love it. It is a team effort. It is a team effort. <laughs> Okay. Perfect. So you're just going through your own five breaths and you're settling in, allowing the breath to be deep and the exhale to be longer than your inhale. And as you get to these later breaths, I want you to just follow the breath down through your body towards your feet. And as you're going through that, just pay attention to, okay, where is the breath going? Is it flowing through areas of my body? Is it not flowing through areas of my body? Just kind of pay attention. And when you feel like you're settled, just give me a verbal cue. Okay. Beautiful. So now that you're settled, I want you to just... Pay attention back to those areas in the body where the breath didn't flow as well mm -hmm. and hold the intention of just control and tell me what you sense in your body. Um, I feel like um, the, there's um, a blockage or there's, the, the energy is not flowing through like my stomach, my stomach area. Perfect. So if that area could talk, what might it say? It would say that it's stuck. Beautiful. And stuck with what? old energy old pain mm -hmm. there's pain there okay great observation anything else it just 
feels like it wants to it, it it's like it feels like so tight and so contained and so solid it just feels like it just needs the it needs to be released it wants to be released how does it want to be released um i think the breath is working like it like it's the the breath seemed to work mm -hmm. um I feel like in that area there's a like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are being held on to so it's almost like it just it just needs to it just needs to let go it just needs to feel it doesn't need to hold on anymore like it just it just needs to let go and surrender got it and what's stopping it from surrendering and letting go fear and what is it afraid of um it's afraid of being out of control mm. so there's that through line again mm. yeah and what if it was out of control right now well the world hasn't ended <laughs> okay that's true so, <laughs> um I almost feel like I almost feel like it it's got responsibility for me. It's like it's there to try and protect me and to keep me safe. And I think it needs to know that it doesn't need to do that anymore. Okay. I have like a physical manifestation as well in my, like I've got quite big fibroids in my womb. Okay. And so is that I, the area that you feel the stuckness yeah. as well? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They're big and they're, they're there. And uh, it's a very telling or reflective physical symptom of stuckness, right? Cause that was yeah. the first word you used to describe this sense here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, it clearly has a very important role. And yeah. what I'm curious is how long has this part been here? From forever. So a very long time. Yeah. Okay. Would it object to being seen it's in its surrender right now in this context and it's totally fine if it does um like just let's just go there okay so firstly can you acknowledge it for its bravery since its biggest thing is letting go and it's just agreeing and allowing 
to be witnessed, to surrender to somebody else, to be seen in that surrender process. So can you just take a moment to acknowledge it for that? And how does it feel when you acknowledge it? Um, it feels seen and appreciated. Okay, good. So this part that's protected you for as long as you can remember, it's carried a responsibility to do this protection. So can you ask it, what is its role specifically? What is it protecting you from? What is it taking this big responsibility to keep you safe? Um, from being controlled. Okay. And from um, dying. Okay. So that's a big responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So does it want to be in that role? at this time? No, it's ready. It's ready to stop that. And are you ready to let it go? Yeah. Okay. So what does it need from you to let go? I think it needs to know that I'm going to be okay, that I don't need that protection and that I can trust myself and that I neither need to be in control or be controlled by anyone else. I'm a free spirit. There's no control anywhere. So it needs to know that it can be safe with you without it needing to control. Mm. Okay. So before we dive into that, is it aware of how old you are? No, I think it still thinks that I'm like really small. Okay. So can you ask it to look at you as adult Abby and witness you and who you are now and what you've been through? Okay. And how yeah. does it feel? Um, surprised. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, it sees me. It and how do me. you feel to it? How do, how, how do I feel? Correct. How do you feel towards it now that it's seeing you and your grown self? Um, I also feel seen and recognized for who I am in my own sovereignty and as a grown woman. Beautiful. So beautiful witnessing on both ends, right? Little Abby witnessing who you are now, what you've grown to, the strength that you have, the sovereignty that you have. Then you as the adult, Abby, seeing how strong you really were as a little girl really handling adult things. Yeah. 
So now that you're here, you've established this connection. What does little Abby need to surrender and to let go? She needs to feel safe. She needs to feel loved. She needs to know that the things that she grew up believing are no longer a reality and she doesn't need to be afraid of them anymore. Okay. So can you say that to her directly? And how is she receiving that? She's um, happy. She's smiling. Okay, very nice. Does she need anything from you in this moment right now? Yeah, she need, She definitely needs a hug. Okay, so can you give that to her? Do you need anything from her right now? Just to hug back. Okay. And is she willing to do that for you? Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So have your moment and let me know when it's done. Okay. Done. Beautiful. So now that you've reconnected with this part, you've allowed it to see how old you are. You've allowed it to recognize that it doesn't need so much of that responsibility and control. Is it ready to let go and switch roles to something different or just, yes. Okay. What role would it like? wants to be a, a supporter just to support and take a back seat and then just just gradually go away beautiful so can you find a spot for her to support you Does she need anything else from you in this moment? No, she's quite happy. Beautiful. So if it feels complete to you, well, does it feel complete for you right now? Yeah, it does. Okay. So in that case... 
take this time to thank this part of you for showing up in such a brave way. Thank yourself for allowing yourself to go there. And as you say goodbye, allow yourself and your time to come back to the present here. How are you doing? I'm good. Okay. So from the outside looking in, quite a shift in energies, right? From that frantic, mm -hmm. oh my God, this is all that's wrong to very somber and peaceful and like tuned into a very delicate part of you. It's really beautiful. Thank you so much for guiding me through that. You're very welcome. Um, and then just to kind of zoom it out a little bit and to give context to, to the experience, right? Obviously, it's the first time that we've met, but just looking at your description of everything you brought to the table today, this is an example over the first time or, or whatever, but a sampling of what it's like to really connect with the wounded part of me that's running amok inside of my business and is the real bottleneck in the business because this part of you that you just got introduced to, it didn't even know how old you were, which means on a subconscious level, however old this part was, let's just say eight because you used eight before, right? It's an eight-year-old inside an adult woman's body that's making decisions and it's an eight-year-old lens that's looking at all of the decisions that need to be made for the business. That's going to create the patterns that you're experiencing, right? Put it into chaotic situations that it's comfortable and knows because that's where it was developed, right? Have it make decisions that on the surface look self-sabotaging but are really self-preserving based off of that eight-year-old logic, right? So how does all of that land for you? Yeah, it really resonates. And I feel like, um, you know, in reference to my eating, that's definitely the eight-year-old as well. It's like eight-year-old food. Yes, 100%, right? I either have all the cookies or I'm a bad girl and I have no cookies, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So thank you very much for coming in and doing this in this way because if control is the winning this is probably the worst possible uh you know thing you could do to, to do it this way so i commend you for it um and yeah floor is yours to just close us off and let everybody know you know who to find you where to find you floor is yours for that thank you um yeah thank you thank you so much it's re i think it's really important to like, I feel like it's so important for us as humans to be vulnerable. Like, we don't have it all together all the time. We don't. Um, so it was, just, it was just a beautiful opportunity for that. So thank you. I appreciate it. 
Um, right. I'm just trying to <laughs> take myself out of wombland. Sure. Yeah, I know it's a very weird scenario to like do this, but yeah, <laughs> out of wombland. Yeah. Intervisibility. Um, yes. Yeah, so the best place to find me is my website. So my website is um abigarebecca.com. Uh, you can always find me on social media under the visibility goddess. Um, and just Google Abigail Rebecca and you'll be able to find me really quickly. Awesome. Well, thank you very much once again. Um, yeah, we'll include all that in the show notes. Um, but yes, I, I appreciate you for allowing yourself to dive in. And uh, for anybody else listening, uh, we'll see you on the next one.